Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby, and this is Oddities on Elm Street. Thank you for joining me on this Friday the 13th bonus episode. I knew I had to post something today. How could I not? It's Friday the 13th in the month of October. So whether you're listening to tonight's special episode on your way to work or cuddled up on your couch, I hope you enjoy it because it's about to get spooky. Today, I want to explore the history behind Friday the 13th, and I'll tell some short spooky stories just to really end the day on the right note. If you do enjoy today's episode, make sure to go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street because... I'll be posting additional spooky stories over there. So before we jump into our stories, let's talk about the day itself. It's not sure exactly where the fear of the number 13 came from, but it's believed to have started way back in time. Catholics believe the number 13 is considered unlucky because of the Last Supper. Jesus was the 13th person to join the table, and they widely believe that he was crucified on a Friday. Norse myth also plays into this. Viking god Loki was said to have crashed a reunion of 12 gods in Valhalla and was responsible for the death of a god representing joy and sadness. Some also believe the fear of the number 13 came from the Code of Hammurabi. This is one of the earliest and most complete written legal codes that was found in Babylon. This tablet of legal principles include many harsh punishments like the removal of a guilty person's tongue, hand, breast, eye, ear, but the code is also one of the earliest examples of an accused person being considered innocent until proven guilty. So where does the number 13 come in here? Well, the 13th rule of the Code of Hammurabi was, for some reason, omitted. This, along with many believing that the number 12 is considered a perfect number, so therefore the number 13 must be non-perfect, are believed to attribute to the origins of this superstition. One of the most popular theories, however, links Friday the 13th with the fall of the Knights Templar. The Knights Templar was founded around 1118, And basically, they were knights devoted to the protection of pilgrims that were traveling across what was considered the Holy Land following the capture of Christians during the First Crusade. They were therefore expected to uphold a great religious standard, and they quickly became one of the most wealthy and influential groups of the Middle Ages. By the turn of the 14th century, The Templars had established castles, churches, and banks throughout much of Western Europe, but they were quickly headed down a path of destruction. In the early morning hours of Friday, October 13, 1307, more than 600 Templars were arrested on accusations of performing what, at the time, was considered occult practices, or what they called black magic. You see, a month before their arrest, Secret documents had been sent throughout France detailing their scandalous sex rituals and all of these crazy things that they did to obtain their riches. The Templars, along with innocent men who really were only responsible for performing normal day-to-day banking activities, were charged with a wide array of offenses, like heresy, devil worship, 
homosexuality, and financial corruption. As a result, nearly all of these men were subject to brutal torture. According to a book by Dan Jones called The Templars, The Rise and Spectacular Fall of the Knights Templar, one of the accused men's hands were tied so tightly that blood pooled in his fingertips while he was kept inside of a pit that was equivalent to the size of a footprint. Many others were stretched on the rack or had their feet dipped in oil and held over a fire until their flesh melted off. So it's not surprising that while enduring this awful suffering, many instead chose to falsely confess just to receive the mercy of a swift death. Within weeks of their false confessions, those who weren't killed were kept waiting inside their cells for years before eventually being burned at the stake in 1310. These events, along with many more, have made an entire society of people believe that the number 13 is bad luck. This superstition only grew when a man named William Fowler entered the scene. Fowler was incredibly superstitious and fixated specifically on the number 13. In fact, he had orchestrated his life around this number. He had fought in 13 battles during the Civil War, he built 13 structures in New York City, he belonged to 13 secret clubs, he tried to coordinate any significant events with the 13th day of each month. And then, as the story goes, on Friday the 13th in January of 1882, at exactly 8.13pm, Fowler rented out room 13 of the Knickerbocker Cottage and had his first ever meeting of the 13 Club. According to the New York Historical Society, the 13 Club was an event including a 13-course meal being eaten under a banner that read, We who are about to die salute you. This supper club was led by Fowler until his death in 1897, and it actually drew in some pretty influential people during its time, including five U.S. presidents. Chester Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, and Theodore Roosevelt. William Fowler believed that not only was the number 13 a significant part of his life, but that it was his own lucky number. The 13 Club was considered somewhat of a cult, and it eventually split up, but the lore of Friday the 13th continued to live on. Many people, even still today, continue to treat Friday the 13th with extreme precaution, so much so that even hotels typically don't have a 13th floor. I mean, they do, but they just skip right over the number. 10, 11, 12, 14, 15. Hotels that do have a 13th floor often find many victims of suicide or homicide left behind in their rooms. Plane tickets are usually more affordable on Friday the 13th, as many people opt out of flying on this day. There have been quite a few deadly plane crashes linked to the day, including the infamous Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571. This is a whole other story in itself, and one day will definitely need to be its own episode. But after leaving out on Friday, October 13th, 1972, a plane carrying a Uruguayan rugby team crashed in the Andes Mountains, forcing the remaining survivors to resort to cannibalism to stay alive. Other strange happenings on Friday the 13th include natural disasters, like a deadly cyclone that struck Bangladesh in 1970 and killed over 300,000 people. 
The superstition surrounding Friday the 13th only grows with each new horrible event that just so happens to fall on the day and with every reference of it in pop culture. There's a reason why the Friday the 13th franchise has done so well. So now that we know more about the origin of our very, very superstitious day, let's get into some spooky storytelling, shall we? Story 1. The spookiest thing that ever happened to me on a Friday the 13th was when I was about 11. My friend had just moved and she said her new house was haunted. I was a kid who was super into supernatural slash paranormal and fantasy, but by this point I was already starting to turn skeptic, but I mostly kept that to myself because it was fun to pretend that I still believed. Anyway, it was a Friday. And for some reason, my friend's whole family except her were out of the house for a few hours, and she invited me over to house sit with her. We thought it would be fun to watch one of those ghost hunting shows, and at the part where Derek Acura was asking for the ghosts to come out, my friend's video player turned on and started rewinding itself. This was a time before that stuff was automated, and theirs was old. You had to rewind it yourself by pressing the button on the controller and the controller was on top of the video player. Other than that, she's told me how other creepy things had been happening, like her sisters hearing someone whispering their name, and a clothes hanger being thrown across the room from the side of the room where no one was. I still consider myself a skeptic today, but that still always creeps me out because I was there, and my friend wasn't the kind of person to make stuff up. I think she was like me, skeptic, but still found it fun to talk about. Story 2. I'm from a small town way upstate New York. Myths and legends basically create themselves. One night, friends and I decide that we're going to venture out to this abandoned farmstead where, supposedly, a triple murder occurred. Typical high school teens with nothing to do sort of shit. So we load up an SUV and trek out. Place is wicked remote. Nothing but the smell of cow shit and dirt. Definitely no cell service. So we get there. The place is super eerie. It's about 10.30pm. The car headlights are the only thing illuminating the house and the barn area. It's set a ways back off the road, so there are no streetlights to be seen. The house itself was nothing special. In fact, it appeared that someone had been dumping their garbage inside for years. The barn was a whole different story. Flashlights in hand, we entered the front door. The inside was filled with junk but it was bizarrely organized, as if corridors were established. We started to explore. Myself and a friend went up some stairs at the entrance to the hayloft. This is where things took a weird turn. At the top of the stairs began row after row of corn husks, sharpened into spears, like to a ridiculous fine point. The husks were everywhere, as far in as we could see. We started to enter the maze, but then we heard a shriek from the ground level. A female friend and her sister had ventured farther into the barn. We went down and found them in a junk corridor surrounded with small handmade idols. I mean, hundreds of them. Each one with a twisted body and a deformed face. In a panic, they told us they heard someone else in the barn. We told them to relax. We would have heard another vehicle pull up. But as we made for the front door of the barn, we heard a noise from the back half. In the light of our headlights, we could clearly see a man standing in the back of the barn. 
He didn't move or speak to us, just stood watching. We bolted for our cars. If he followed us, I wouldn't have known. There was no way in hell I was turning to find out. Story 3 When I was about 11, we moved to this really old pre-war house, and my room was in the attic. Great at first, because it was really big. Each night, I lay down with my eyes drawn to the opposite corner of the room. I would just stare at the wall and become really freaked out. It took me a couple of weeks to tell anyone because nothing had really happened. One night, I explained to my dad what's wrong, and he goes over to the wall and bangs on it to show me there's nothing weird about it. One of his bangs on the wall sounded very different, like it was just board instead of brick. He investigated and found a small square board papered over flush with the wall around it. We pulled it off, pulled out some debris, and found a secret room. With a bed, the old mattress had crumbled away. There were old papers and a tin with a football program and stuff from the 40s. Someone wanted that room forgotten about. Story 4 When I was a student, I got called in on a stroke patient. She had coded, and they were doing CPR. They worked for 45 minutes, but she died. They cleaned her up and called on the family to say goodbye. By the time the family left, she had been both brain dead and without a pulse for more than 45 minutes. Blood had filled her brain, and she was completely gray and started to smell. Suddenly, she sat up and called for her family. The nurses rushed to get monitors and equipment back on her. They started working on her again. She stabilized, said goodbye to her family, and promptly died a second time. Story 5 I was about 8 or 9 years old walking home from my best friend's house. A guy pulled up beside me wearing a police uniform. Seemed totally legit, but who knows. He was driving a super shitty sedan though, like one of those old Buick-like boat cars. He's really aggressive and assertive, saying to get in the car that I need to go with him right now. My dad is at the hospital and sent this guy to come get me. My mom was in an accident, but he's here to take me to her. I totally lost my cool. I felt super sketched out and I just burst out into tears. And as this guy is shouting at me to get in the car, I panicked and just started sprinting all the way home. I get home and my dad is watering the garden, cool as anything, and I'm completely losing my mind, absolutely hysterical. He calms me down, hears the story, and calls 911. We gave them the description, and sure enough, they catch this guy with a 13-year-old girl in the back seat, who he had managed to talk into going with him. Story 6 So, this happened about 6 or 7 years ago, when I got an Alexa for Christmas that year. My parents are old school, and my dad was strictly against having the Alexa even taken out of the box. It took months of begging and pleading before I could set it up. With conditions, of course. It had to be in my room only, nowhere else in the house, just my room. When I was not speaking to it or using it, it was either on mute or unplugged. Do not talk personal matters around it. So, like, family matters, passwords, addresses were not to be said around the Alexa, even if it was muted. So with these rules and probably a few more, I got to set up my Alexa. I had discovered a while after having it that you could play some guessing games on it. 
Being an only child at home and bored 99% of the time, I used this feature a lot. Like, honestly, almost too much. One night while I was playing some guessing game and playing a game on my iPad, I had gotten a question wrong. I don't remember the question or what I answered. I only remember what Alexa said. It was something along the lines of, Wrong. Now listen close. Obviously, this catches my attention, and I stop what I'm doing and look at my Alexa. Right on cue, she continues in this horrifying whisper, raspy voice, Don't look behind you. Needless to say, I unplugged my Alexa and refused to use it for years after that. Story 7 I traveled to another state to see my friends who had offered me a good amount of money to clean their old house so they could sell it. It was a beautiful place in the middle of a very, very small town that looked like it had only about a hundred people at most. It took almost an hour of driving through the mountains just to get there. It had a fireplace in every room and a grand piano in the main hall. Stained glass windows. The kitchen alone was enormous. It truly was beautiful and I had a blast discovering so much of their family history as I packed it all away. I came across some pretty weird stuff, though. A hole in one of the upstairs bedroom closets that looked like it could have hidden something in it once. A very large, hand-carved Ouija board that was almost an inch thick. The electricity in the house was shoddy at best. I was able to get the TV running in the downstairs library, but... No new light bulbs would provide much light once it became dark. I was cleaning out the library when I heard the home phone ring. I didn't pick it up because nobody had lived in the house for so long, it couldn't have been for anyone. Plus, it really wasn't my business anyway. Anyone who needed to contact me had my cell. When I was done, I'd go back to my friends and we would hang out and talk and have fun. It came time, though, to return to my home state. When I was back, we were talking on the phone and the house came up. I mentioned in passing that they may want to look at their answering machine on the home phones, because they would ring at least once a day while I was there. My friend got a bit uneasy for a moment, but then told me that there were no home phones hooked up in the house. Alrighty, friends, I think we're going to end there for today on lucky number seven, but if you do want to hear more, head on over to Patreon. It's linked in the description. I really hope you enjoyed this little surprise bonus episode. If you did, please be sure to let me know. I hope you've had a lovely Friday the 13th, and just remember to always keep it spooky. Spooky.